There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how you doing today? I am doing great. What a week. What a week is the right thing to say. It has been a crazy, crazy week and it's just going to keep going. It really is. I can't believe the amount of hype that's already been generated. Mm -hmm. So much is already out to talk about and to just get so excited about. Um, no matter what we do in the next 30, 40 minutes, we have more to say. That is, that is a hundred percent true. We got a fun episode though today. Today we're going to be covering just the massive news as we build up for Legacy, the next Apex season, as well as going over everything we know about arenas. Before we do any of that though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at third party pod. Follow us on Twitch. We're streaming Thursdays and Saturdays at Third Party Pod, a 4F face cam stream, and our full schedule. Really great time over there. Uh, and this next, uh, not this week, but the next one, we're going to be streaming, obviously, the next season. And so we might come up with some fun stuff for that as well. So make sure you check it out over there. If you'd like to help continue the Third Party Podcast and the community that we've grown, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We have an awesome channel on Discord that Shay and I participate on a daily basis, and with your pledge, you also receive bonus episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, replica weapons, and much, much more. Your support means a lot to us, and we look forward to chatting and playing with our awesome patrons. Totally. Before we dive into Apex news, we got some personal news. We would like to announce that thanks to all of you, we hit Twitch affiliates already. Uh, come say hi. Our schedule's posted on Twitch. This first stream on Thursday, 5 to 7 p.m. PST is going to be our first affiliate stream. Uh, the emotes are fantastic. Uh, our mod, Luke, uh, made some killer stuff over there. Always hit him up if you need any emotes made. It's uh, been a cool journey so far on Twitch. Some people are talking crazy, like we might have a shot at partner. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't uh, came by and said hello on Twitch, please do. Um, if we have a shot at partner, we need the whole third-party nation. To come on board. No doubt about it. Let's dive into the news now. And honestly, we got a bit different of a start to the season than we normally have because of the timing of trailers, earlier access for YouTubers and streamers, and the patch notes coming on 429 Thursday, uh, which is a bit earlier than they've been in the past. Uh, developers doing their media push a week earlier than they typically have. There's just a lot of information out there right now. Uh, we kind of know a lot about legend changes, some weapon changes, but we don't know the exact numbers, can't confirm everything until the patch notes come out to speak to it like we normally do when all this patch note stuff is released. Uh, so this episode, we're going to stick to kind of the things that are officially out. So the trailer that showcased, you know, Valk and Arenas, the blog posts from Apex that showcased Arenas further, uh, and Olympus map changes. Essentially, if you want to hear about our thoughts on the legend changes and weapon changes that have been confirmed but not officially confirmed, uh, come by the stream on Thursday and we'll kind of chat about it then and have a good time uh, talking all things patch notes. But then next Tuesday, you're going to get our deep dive into all the numbers and all that fun stuff like we normally do. This episode was one of our hardest in many months to write just because we know so much, but we don't have the level of detail that we normally like. So 
the scheduling kind of threw us for a loop here. Mm-hmm. We have a great episode today, but it's just we're going to get our full release episode regularly scheduled despite the shift in Apex schedule. Totally. We're going to start it off, though, with a banger. We're talking Valk at the top of the show. Some big news, obviously. The next legend, we have abilities, essentially. Uh, three passives, because Valk is a recon legend, first of which is VTOL Jets. If you jump while in the air, you can hold your jump button to jetpack up. Then you also have the survey beacon because Valk is a recon legend. And then also, when Valkyrie is skydiving, enemies in views are highlighted for Valk and her teammates. She's recon, like no awesome. doubt about it we with love that to passive. Hear it. So we cool. We love to hear it. Survey beacon is no joke. I mean, no matter what, Valk already had a spot in our lineup, but mm-hmm. that just really shows the her potential longevity um as a legend mm-hmm. being the survey class uh in our opinion um but to speak about this whole jetpack vtol ability that is not what we had anticipated we no. thought that hover was more in line with the pilot hover ability mm-hmm. in titanfall 2 it holds you in the air that was yeah. our original thought yeah this straight up moves you up and down and yes it sounds incredibly powerful your passive is that you get to fly with a jetpack. I will say from all the playtesters and such that have gotten the chance to speak out already, we've heard that there's a lot of counters. You're incredibly slow while you're in the air. You can't shoot your gun while you're in the air. You can really only use the tactical. Uh, And you're incredibly loud as well when you go up with the jets. So I definitely think that while it's going to be powerful, it sounds from early on that there are going to be some serious counters to this passive ability. Yeah, it, it's such a unique one. I think everyone's question right now is, what is happening with Horizon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How close are these two going to compete? And I think this passive um, is certainly much different than Horizon's tactical. Um, and so I can't wait to get my hands on it, to feel how it plays, what kind of repositioning you can do, how mm-hmm. offensive, does it have defensive capabilities? The speed is a big question, totally. obviously, for everyone. but. It also plays right into that tactical. No doubt that tactical is Missile Swarm. Fire a swarm of mini rockets that damage and disorient enemies. From the trailer, it looks to be a 3x4, like area of effect UI, kind of some circles that show where uh, the missiles are going to come down. It can be deployed from the air and the ground. Uh, You know, the key here, I think, is we have some rumored numbers of 25 to 40 being the damage, but the bigger effect being the stun itself. Uh, people comparing it to an arc star stun for a shorter period of time. Very, very powerful tactical when you look at things in comparison to like Fuse, for example. Yeah, I, I'm very, very excited about this because it seems like it has a much faster deployment than a Gibraltar Bombardment mm-hmm. or a Bangalore Ultimate. Um, and that's interesting because essentially you're going to be coupling this, you can deploy it from either the air mm-hmm. while you're falling or jetpacking with the passive or from the ground. And so you're talking about being able to launch missiles, control area of effect much faster than these other area of effect ultimates, and have a slow. It's going to be so interesting to see where she slots in, essentially. I think this tactical could be so cool. It's obviously a much smaller area of effect than Mm -hmm. the Gibraltar or the Bangalore, but does she compete with those legends? Maybe. Does she more so compete with Bloodhound and Horizon and that offensive kit? You know, it's going to be really cool to see 
what team comps built around her. Uh, I'm so interested in kind of how that builds upon going forward. And we'll obviously be talking more about all these abilities next week. Totally. But we'll also be doing a full Mastering the Legends on Valk. So mm-hmm. get excited, player, get hyped. We're excited. I think it's also, though, important to say now and preface her in that the missiles are not designed to kill. They're no. not necessarily designed to put out huge damage. It's similar to how we currently see Caustic's ultimate mm-hmm. in that this is area denial. It's not meant to finish people off. So it can be almost like a distraction, kind of like a decoy, mm-hmm. but rockets. It's a zoning tool, a yeah. very, very effective zoning tool from the looks of it. Last but not least, though, we have the ultimate skyward dive, launch into the air and skydive. Teammates can also latch onto this. We really did not think this was going to happen. I well, This I, was the leaked ability a long time ago. I was in denial of mm-hmm. it for the last year. I did not think that they were going to give you the ability to redeploy without a jump tower. I think this is pretty crazy that it's in the game. And it just is clear to me that there has been a massive shift in the last four months of Apex development and how they approach the ring mm-hmm. and how important that mm-hmm. is to day-to-day gameplay. It's going to be so fascinating to see all the you know, stuff on this from how high do you go. You know, We've got different size jump towers in the game and such, so how does her ult compare to those? Uh, how fast do you deploy? We talked a long time ago, though, about how a mobile you know, jump tower might be one of the best abilities in the game, potentially. If you have a full team get-out-of-jail-free card, uh, that could be really, really dang good. Uh, this ultimate has a very high potential. It also could be very, very limited and very uh, rotational, you know, used only if it has kind of this inability to be used in any sort of combat. So I think we're going to learn a lot about this next week when it releases and we get our hands on her. Um, it's going to be interesting to say the least. There's so much to to learn still, but to speculate, I don't think it'll be used as a get out of jail. I think mm-hmm. it'll be quite slow. A lot of people say it's never safe to use a jump tower today. Yes. People mm-hmm. will beam me already. I think this will be, you know, doubly mm-hmm. as difficult to pull off in a firefight. The thing I'm most curious about is not necessarily, oh, we're in the ring. We can get out of here. No problem as a team. More so, how can we use this to get high ground when you wouldn't really expect mm-hmm. it? Like way longer distance away than a zip line could do, way higher than, you know, a potential a jump pad could do. So how could we use this as more of a offensive tactic than just running away from ring? Because yeah. that's not going to get you high in the placement mm-hmm. of just saying, oh, my legend can get us out of ring. Well, we, we want to win games. You're talking about an ultimate third party ability. At yeah. any and that point, could be game change. Very, very good. Combine it with the passive when you, as you approach these people, you're going to know where they are essentially. And your team is as well. There's a lot of power potentially in dropping on people uh, with this ult and being able to cover ground in a short period of time. That's all for Valk, though. We'll talk more Valk later. Like Henry said, Mastering Legends, so much great stuff's going to be coming out. Uh, but now we have the bow check bow. Oh my goodness. We've been kind of waiting on this now for a very, very long time, essentially. It's been out there in the universe for a while. We first got this uh, teased in a, in a trailer or a... It was a dev, dev stream. stream. Yeah, it was on the ground in a dev stream. Yep, split of season five. 
and we didn't know if it was real. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's definitely real. It's here, and it is a fully-fledged bow with all sorts of features that make it interesting. Yeah. From the looks of it, we have going to have arrow ammo, essentially, on the ground. Um, It's going to lead into the creation of the marksman class as well. Uh, but the marksman class is going to kind of be like an AR or an SMG. It's not going to have its own ammo or anything like that. There's a lot with this bow. Uh, Henry and I are kind of going to do a deep dive on the bow, obviously, once it comes out. Uh, but we just we're so excited for it. There are some interesting things that we do need to talk about right now, and that's the two new hop-ups that have been confirmed with the bow. Uh, we have the shatter caps, which has come for the bow and the 30-30. The shatter caps split each shot into six projectiles. Damage per projectile is reduced pretty heavily. However, it can do a ton of work up close. And this is theoretically turning the bow and the 30-30 into a pseudo shotgun in close, close range. Going to be interesting to see how that works. And I know you preach versatility all the time. That's a pretty versatile weapon at that point if you can grab that hop up. I think it's crazy. I, I'm more excited about the shatter caps on the 30-30 than I am for the bow. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, like I think that that's exactly what the thirty thirty needs in order to actually compete uh, with something like the G seven up close. I just I can never use the thirty thirty in under ten meters. Yeah. like it mm-hmm. just the rate of fire just kills you. So I think this is really a good move for the thirty thirty, and we'll definitely be covering uh, the damage output and the rate of fire and how it impacts the gun more in depth. Definitely. Next, we have Deadeye's Tempo, another hop-up. It's for the Sentinel and the Bowcheck Bow. Firing at the perfect moment increases fire rate. And then to keep you on time, there's supposed to be a small blue indicator on the screen that will show you if you are in the quote-unquote zone for the shot to be fired and keep your fire rate faster. Obviously, I think uh, this is kind of a hard one to speculate on. It sounds incredibly difficult to use in time, though. Going to be really interesting to see if it takes that Sentinel potentially to the next level as well as how it can be used on the bow. It looks really, really interesting. I mean, rate of fire is big. On the Sentinel, you know, the rate of fire is the reason that it's held back. I mean, the damage output Mm -hmm. is incredible. And so if you tweak that rate of fire a little bit, it could become, you know, the best sniper easily. Mm -hmm. But you talk to me about trying to get me on a certain pace to keep firing shots while I'm tracking targets with peripheral vision seems pretty dang difficult to use. Mm-hmm. And all of this is also coming back to a bow that is going to be hard to use. Yeah. So a hard to use bow with a hard to use hop up, I, I think it's going to be interesting to, to really bite into this guy. Yeah. The bow is going to be able to attach both hop ups at the same time, which is going to be very interesting. It'll be the first time we've kind of seen that happen. We've had the Havoc where you could do the Select Fire or the Turbocharger, but never both at the same time. Uh, Daniel kind of described it as you could use both at the same time. So it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see uh, how this bow works. Super excited for the patch notes and uh, the gameplay trailers and stuff to really dive into it and know all the numbers and the pick rates or the drop rates for the bow and stuff like how large are arrow ammo stacks? You know, like there's so many questions that we have with the bow, uh, but it's an exciting weapon to be introduced to the game. A ton of questions still to go. I, I just think from a game design standpoint, the bow is such an interesting case. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a weapons game, guns. 
having a bow in there with no stock, no extended mag, no optic potentially, and instead opting to overload on hop-ups to give it additional power is a really, really cool way to do it. Yeah, it's going to be a, it could be a high skill cap gun. Always a risk in games like this. Uh, You know, the wingman kind of was looked at that early on in Apex as like, oh, if you're really good, you can dominate. It's tough. Apex has kind of tried to stay away from guns like that. Um, We'll see where the bow kind of falls in, though, uh, after a short bit of time being available to the public. Next, we have Olympus map changes. A new POI has been added to the map, the Icarus. It's going to be docked between Bonsai Plaza and Solar Array. And additionally with it, it brought an infestation to the rest of the map that is growing vines all over. Uh, And by that, it really just kind of looks like Array, part of the phase runner, Bonsai got hit pretty hard. Uh, It looks really, really cool, though, at least from the pictures so far. It looks awesome. I I really like the aesthetic changes to the map uh, this season. I think that having the Icarus right there in that place mm-hmm. is the only place that really needed to get fleshed out a little bit. And I think it's going to massively change drops and rotations on the northeast side of the map. But I love Solar Array. Mm-hmm. And I think having this huge ship right up uh, nose first right onto this POI is really going to change how it plays and affects the high ground and games there. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how one of my favorite POIs gets shifted uh, yeah. by having a, another carrier almost added to the map. It'll go from uh, an uncontested drop where a lot of the times you felt really confident to potentially uh, either a really good spot to go ahead in for the third party or you're going to end up in a lot more earlier fights there potentially than uh, you were hoping for. The devs kind of talked about in the blog that this location allowed for the area of the map to not turn into an all-out sniper fest, which was apparently happening over those just incredibly large lines of sights. And so it was kind of interesting to see them, okay, well, here's the solution. Let's dock a huge ship in the middle of the sight lines. One way to do it. That's one way to do it for sure. Mm -hmm. The Icarus also has a bridge in which that you can access high-tier loot dead bodies that were killed from the infection are going to be scattered throughout the Icarus and they will have key cards by them. You bring it to the bridge to unlock a room that has the best loot on the ship. It sounds a little bit like a loot vault. It is more of the big sliding door like bunker like to unlock. I'm going to be really interested to see how large this area is and how much loot's there. Yeah, it's it's going to be really cool. I I still would really like to see some sort of loot vault that had uh, gold weapons. Um, I would like to see Mm -hmm. that a lot just because it's hard for me to get super excited, uh, especially now that we have Evo armor. Just getting purple armor Mm -hmm. isn't a huge reward, I feel like, anymore. Especially, like, is this POI going to have more high-tier loot than something like Fight Night? Like, Fight Night is underrated in Mm -hmm. terms of you can get two gold weapons, you can get multiple you know, gold bags. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious, how how dense is this loot going to be on the bridge? Yeah, I mean, they phrased it as multiple teams can drop here uh, in the patch notes. So, so it's going to be real fascinating to see what that actually means in practice, though. A couple other tweaks to the map, though. They removed two jump towers, uh, one the outside of gardens and the second outside of orbital cannons. Uh, essentially, they described it as a way to Remove third partying in a bit, slow down the games, and not having people just 
be able to jump all over everyone. They also shorten the height of two other jump towers. So really they're looking at the jump towers as potentially a way to kind of figure out, hey, we don't want people pushing like crazy with the jump towers. You either gotta, you know, play Valk maybe now at this point, or you're just gonna have to get there more organically. And they also talked about uh, having an old iteration of the map where they had no jump towers and just used the tridents, which was very interesting to kind of hear about. Uh, but they settled on not doing that. Pretty crazy. The game design and just how, you know, this is the third party podcast. We're definitely interested in third partying. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting how that is used as kind of a balancing mechanism of, all right, we're going to collect information on how exciting fights get, how many teams get involved, and we're going to try to clean that up by decreasing avenues and changing jump towers and doing things like that. So I'm fascinated by it. We also have a couple things, some other news, essentially. Just little stuff. Just little stuff here and there. The first of which, though, you are now going to be dropping in Season Legacy in every game you play with white armor, a helmet, a knockdown shield, and two cells and a syringe off drop. White armor and all this gear has been removed from the loot pool entirely. That's coming from Daniel Klein. Obviously, this is one of the biggest changes we've had to the Apex loot pool in a while, uh, inspired by recent takeovers and the applause they've gotten. But oh man, is this one I think going to be overlooked potentially with everything else that's going on this season. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see uh, how this feels in the long term. We've done multiple episodes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've recently did a whole deep dive for a Patreon bonus episode and that what could the potential impacts of this be uh, in the short term and long term yeah. affect all areas of the game from legend strength to time to kill to different kind of looting patterns and game pacing. This is big. And Daniel Klein also added that if this goes well and adding this and removing common armor from the game entirely, mm-hmm. if it goes well, they'll remove more things from the loot pool to clean it up. It's exciting. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. There's already just so much love for it on social media. It's getting absolutely uh, loved for the, by the streamers and the pro community. A lot of people that have been asking for this for a long time. Uh, I hope it plays into a very healthy Apex Legends in the future. I was just telling Henry, like, we've played so many takeovers lately with it that I honestly was surprised at one point when I dropped into a ranked game without it. You know, I didn't have my white armor. I was like, what? This is a little weird. I still think that this is not as crazy as a change as giving someone a gun off drop. I think that would shift things a lot more. Uh, and so I'm glad that they stayed away from that still, at least. No for now. About it. For now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we have ground emotes coming to Apex Legends. Each legend is going to get one for free, but now you're going to be able to dance on people. It's been kind of rumored for a while now. Uh, some more cosmetics coming to the game, essentially. I'm not the biggest fan. I think that it's a little crazy. You can now add permanent things to the ground. I really liked hollow sprays being temporary. Mm-hmm. We'll see how intense these uh, ground emotes are and how much they uh, might crank up the toxicity of the game. I, I am a bit concerned. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Next piece of news, World's Edge is going to be the ranked map in the first split of Season Legacy, Olympus being the second. Uh, they didn't want to go back-to-back on Olympus was kind of the uh, saying going around Twitter. And so, interesting to see World's Edge. I think we're hyped for it. I think a lot of people are super excited to go back to World's Edge, which is by a lot of people looked at as the best ranked map out there. 
Um, very debatable, but really exciting to kind of head back to World's Edge and have a full uh, split there before you kind of dive into the new changes of Olympus in that ranked split. Absolutely. It's interesting in my perspective in that normally they have that first split beyond the map that in pubs has the two-week period. The changes, yeah. And the changes to get used to it. It seems like we will not be getting that, that we're going straight into a ranked split with no, you know, permanent public playlist on Mm -hmm. that map to practice, you know, re-familiarize yourself with the map. Um, So I I think this is interesting. We'll see uh, how spicy things get on World's Edge. I just miss countdown and staging. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great to get back. Another piece of news coming from Carlos Pineda. Pro tip, try to get the arena's teaser badge before the season ends. When the season starts, this badge is going to turn into a quote-unquote deluxe version of a badge that tracks your highest arena's win streak. You will get an arena's win streak badge no matter what, but if you have this teaser badge, it's going to turn into a really fancy version essentially. Any thoughts besides just letting the people know that they got to go grab some key cards? Yeah, you definitely have to do it. Who knows what it's going to look like? I mm-hmm. was just talking to Shay before the show. They need to add more slots to the badges. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have my three that I really like, and no matter what, I don't see myself really switching it out all the time. So adding more to maybe show these new arenas badges, uh, I would appreciate. Definitely. And before we dive into arenas, last piece of news, the Golden Week sale is now live. Uh, just some really cool skins. Go check them out this last week before the season ends. Uh, there's a Bloodhound skin that I absolutely love right now. Uh, looking really good, though. Any of you got, got your eye? I like the Bloodhound and the Octane skin. I'm probably not going to blow some cash on it, <laughs> but I do like them. Purple is pretty cool. Let's talk about just the biggest news for a long time. Setting the legacy, essentially, of the game. Yeah, We got Apex Arenas coming into the game. What's Arenas, Henry, for people that may not be aware yet? So Arenas is a 3v3 permanent game mode that's being added to Apex on top of the already incredible Battle Royale with three maps. It's like a game. It's a new game, New game, and I just want to state it for the record that you should remember this moment. (laughs) I really feel strongly that this moment right now is an additional release for Apex. Mm -hmm. I think this is, not that the game was on the downhill, but this is a major injection of excitement, publicity, additional content. This is insane. Like, this is a moment where Apex could take center stage for a long, long time and pull a lot of players in to what we think is the best first-person shooter in terms of movement, gunplay, abilities. It has so many things going for it. It was missing something like this. And now it has it, and it looks like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to appeal to those Valorant players, the CSGO, the Call of Duty Search and Destroys, anyone that isn't a fan of BRs, but now will get to experience Apex gunplay, Apex abilities, and the movement in an incredibly approachable way. On the behind the scenes of this show, I was talking about how I know multiple people that have downloaded the game now Uh, for the first time, that just aren't BR people that love first-person shooters. Like Henry said, huge potential for us to reach a, I don't think, maybe new audience, but also just bring people back. 
bring yeah. removal back that really uh, missed Apex and needed to kind of uh, see this happen. Let's talk about what we know, though. We got a big blog post. There's still questions we have, but we know a lot more than we were expecting. And let's talk about some of the rules and the breakdowns of what arenas is going to be. The first thing is the scoring. And this is a very unique scoring system. Mm -hmm. Um, First off, it's 3v3, two teams, first to round three and winning three games Mm -hmm. and having a two-round lead wins. But that essentially shakes down to you have to win consecutive rounds in order to take the victory. Yeah, I was a huge fan hearing this at the start. Um, I think that this is so cool because one, if you get into a match where you know you're sometimes just really better than the other team, it can be over very fast. 3-0, over, you know, 4-2, whatever. But round nine is also sudden death. And if you're getting to sudden deaths, oh my goodness, that's going to be really intense. Evenly matches, it's going to be hard to pull ahead by two rounds. Two rounds, a pretty big lead. It's big. So it's going to be really cool to see the pull back and forth. I know these kind of games come down so much to knowing every angle, line of sight. There's going to be maps where, you know, maybe like one side feels like it has a certain advantage. One spawn might be better than the other. And so how does that stuff kind of implement and play into this scoring system where you're going to need that two round lead to pull the dub? It's a really interesting thing in terms of strategy, and we'll talk more about this buy system, but it's way different than a game that's organized kind of like Rogue Company, Mm -hmm. where you all the time feel like you're either dominating or getting dominated. And in this kind of iteration of the scoring, it seems like it'll be easier to stay within a reasonable distance of your enemies. And I think that'll be really cool. And like you said, if you get tied 4-4, that round nine sudden death is going to be really, really intense. It's going to be crazy. Let's talk about it, though. Let's talk about the buy system because we have just been speculating for the longest time. What are they going to do with loadouts? You know, we don't have this kind of in-depth COD system, you know, for attachments and such. Uh, but there seems to be something needed to pull off a whole nother game mode. The answer was the buy system. And I honestly can't believe that we didn't uh, ever talk about the fact that crafting materials are going to be the game currency for it because it's right there in front of us. And we never thought we even mentioned like a point buy system, but we just didn't ever think of crafting. It's a perfect segue right into this new mode. It's really awesome. And it's pretty intense um, that you can use crafting materials to buy weapons, but also consumables and also legend abilities, which we'll talk about here a little bit later. Um, First off, you can earn materials. Each round, win or lose, you receive crafting materials. Mm -hmm. The example that we have is at round two, you get 800 materials just as a bonus. That's a lot. Like winning or losing, that's a lot of uh, materials you can play with, and we'll get to how you can spend them. Um, But additional ways you can earn crafting materials is through canisters. And each kind of uh, collection of materials gets you 200 um, for the next round. For the entire team. Yeah. That's crazy. It's pretty epic. And there's multiple in each arena each round. So that's a big element of the strategy when you think of, relative to that, getting a kill, and there's only three kills per round, Mm -hmm. 
is 75 materials. If you want to be playing the economy of the game, you're planning your whole rotation, team movement, and strategy around actually looting canisters and not getting the first shot off in order to do well in the next round. And really that, interesting. And that's fantastic because I think there were people concerned when they heard this mode at the start. Hey, there's no objective. It's not like a capture the flag or, you know, plant the bomb kind of mode. So what's going to force people to fight? Well, it sounds like this is going to be really incentivizing for people to go hit the canisters and get into combat uh, in doing so, being forced into each other by the economy itself. But talk about how you spend the money, because that's just as important. Yeah, so first off, you can purchase weapons. And the base weapon cost, from what we know, is between 250 and likely upwards of 800 for something like an LMG. Um, the P2020 and the Mozambique are free, which is very interesting. Potential uh, high skill. Uh, maybe you go that route mm-hmm. in the first round. Maybe you try to upgrade it. Rumor, I don't know. Some fans. There's some rumors that Hammer Point might not be in the next season as well. We have not gotten that confirmed nor denied anywhere, but in one of the pictures of arenas, there is no Hammer Point. So maybe there's just like no Hammer Point in arenas or something also could be a possibility. But awesome kind of see those two guns stacked up against each other as the free weapons. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily say they're they're even, yeah. maybe. So it is interesting different. to see what the potential is moving forward. Um, but after you purchase a base weapon, and that has no attachments, mm-hmm. so we're not talking common attachments, just the gun, bare bones, you can upgrade it to white, blue, and purple attachments. At the purple tier, it'll also receive all the hop-ups. Mm-hmm. So interesting in that sense. Um, We know based off the one example that we have that the Volt all the way upgraded would run you 1,200 materials. Which is great. I mean, they they put a high price on the mags because they need to be. They're important. They really are. And if you're going, you know, 3v3, it's clean. Um, Having, you know, really powerful weapons is going to be important. Mm -hmm. Um. Interesting note here is that there appears to be no gold levels, which means no gold magazines. Yeah. And that really changed last season. Mm -hmm. I think gold mags were probably one of the most influential things in my game um, in that they massively changed what weapons I ran, how I took fights, how I reloaded and healed. Like they were big and it seems like they're not going to be a thing in arenas. Yeah. I'm really interested to see um why that maybe is and i'm curious to see if that rolls over into this whole what are going to be the differences between arenas and the brs and how are they going to be separated if that's one of the reasons um i think one of my favorite things though about this system so far and they kind of tease slash adopted it in the regular br is that you're going to be able to swap out your optics as you upgrade the weapon which Oh my goodness, could you imagine how much complaining there would have been if there was no optic choice on guns? Yeah, this is excellent preventative game design. We love it. Um, I think it's great. Um, It looks like it's going to be really smooth. A lot of people would have assumed if Apex had a create a class or a buy system that you would have to unlock each specific attachment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like that they're going through this tier system, but also having... Uh, that option to swap out the optic. I think it's a perfect solution. And so far, we're we're only through the first part, and the buy system looks great. The buy like, system it looks, looks really, really awesome. And something that we were kind of mentioning 
uh, a little bit earlier on with the scoring system and ways that this game is going to be balanced plays into the buy system and it's that the weapons don't carry over from round to round very different from a lot of um these games you kind of go either way when you look at tactical shooters that have a buy system but if you buy an upgrade a weapon to purple you're not going to keep it going into that next round win or lose and so there's going to be a lot of strategy i'm so interested to see how the economy plays out and in kind of what that means and looks like another thing to talk about weapons is that they don't carry over but something that might be a strategy is that you don't necessarily spend all your materials on weapons and you try to pick off an early kill mm-hmm. and take your enemy's weapons for that round Yep, because there's no death boxes in arenas. It's going to be pinata style. Really different. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how it feels. There'll be a lot less loot and ammo and things like that to kind of complicate things, um, but it could be really interesting to be able to quickly swap weapons in such a fast-paced game. No doubt. Next, we have buy system in terms of the consumables um what we believe we know so far based on the blog post is that you'll be able to purchase syringes for 25 cells for 75 med kits for 50 and my beloved batteries at 150 (laughs) they're gonna be pricey henry they're gonna be pricey (laughs) for me but i think it might still be worth it um we've also seen in this buy system store that you can get gear like a gold backpack Mm -hmm. um, for 250 pretty valuable stuff but a gold bag and something like this giving you a second chance and just a straight clean 3v3 could be really, really valuable and potentially a recommend. We'll, mm-hmm. We're going to be putting together our full guide on kind of what we think are the best tips and strategies for arenas uh, a few weeks after the release. But the gold backpack, something to maybe keep your eye on. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think it's going to be really cool to kind of see how this gear and such is balanced with where you prioritize it gonna be fun to learn another thing that shay and i definitely uh preach are the throwables and mm-hmm. grenades here frag grenades are marked at 75 and then thermites and arc stars are both at 100 so a little bit of a, a price difference here who knows how much 25 points is gonna mm-hmm. sway things maybe you say okay i'm gonna save some money and go for frags i just think it's interesting that they are different in terms of price no doubt Next, in terms of outside of the buy system, in the realm of consumables, inside each arena, there are a few supply bins with healing items. So mm-hmm. maybe you don't, you know, load up on syringes and med kits and bats. Maybe you, you go loot them in game. It's going to be really interesting to feel out the pacing of the game and see how, how are, is your team and the enemy team going to play these kind of semi-objectives mm-hmm. of the crafting materials and the um, supply bins and the potential air package that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see how the buy system and the actual looting system in the arenas balance each other out. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, This next thing, though, is what I'm absolutely so thrilled about and I just think is going to be so cool to break down. And it's The buying of legend abilities, the biggest question we had going into arenas was what's going to happen with these legends and their abilities. They're also different. Some are maybe built for this mode in a way, and some are very far from that. It's different, though, than what we were expecting. Way, way different. So like Shay said, you can unlock legend abilities. At the beginning of each match, you'd select your legend, and each legend is going to actually start with a few tactical charges. 
that's confirmed. Mm-hmm. But then as the rounds go on, you'll then be able to purchase additional tactical charges as well as your legend's other abilities. Um, passive abilities will likely be a one-time purchase, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then the tacticals will be interesting to explore, whether or not for different legends and their kits, uh, how much they'll be worth, mm-hmm. how many charges you'll get, how the cooldown system will be changed um, or stay the same. Um, there's a ton of questions around kind of how the buy system of legend abilities will balance legends yeah. in a straight up 3v3. This is obviously one of the biggest questions we have, and we're so excited to jump into the mode and see. Uh, because, you know, in the example, you know, talk about the example for ultimates, you know, legend like Bloodhound, 350 materials in the blog post that we've seen. Revenant's ult, two charges though, at 150 materials each. I don't know about you, but I look at Rev's ult potentially as an incredibly powerful ability going into this arenas mode. And we were talking about off-air, is this going to be a, okay, I buy two, do I have instantaneous use of this? That's going to be such a big question mark that we're going to have answered pretty soon, I think. But going to be so cool to see how it actually plays. And like you mentioned, how it goes into the balancing of the legends themselves within arenas, it's going to be a really cool avenue to see the devs kind of go down. I, I think it's fascinating to see buying versus cool down and if there will be any overlap. I believe if you buy it, you got it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting to see multiple charges. If you think about how will they change it? Will you be able to rattle off char- uh, silences, smokes, scans consecutive or will there be cool downs mm-hmm. or not? Um, it's going to be really interesting to find out. Um, but the balancing of these abilities is just fascinating. How valuable is a Pathfinder zipline? Does Pathfinder have a passive ability that's worth getting? Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of different things to consider in terms of which legends will be strong and how the designers are going to allow for the balancing of legends through the buy system. And then unlike the weapons, the abilities do carry over round to round, hence why that passive is like a one-time purchase. Uh, I think this is a really cool way to kind of create so much more strategy within the buy system and it doesn't just become a spam at the beginning of the games each time. Like you're going to have to make some tough decisions. So excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think philosophically having that as a game mechanic means that you're encouraged to use your weapon first Mm -hmm. and your abilities is kind of like a fallback perhaps, because mm-hmm. you want to save them, yep. um, and they're valuable. So it's a really cool idea to, to throw into arenas. Outside of the buy system, um, there's also going to be care packages that drop each round, and weapons will be rotated into them. The rarity of those weapons in the care package will progress as do the rounds. So you might start off with all blue attachments and then go up to purple um, and change out the weapons each round really really fascinating way to do things like the crafting i think it'll play as an objective upgrading weapons maybe one of your teammates went for abilities instead of weapons and so there's going to be incentive for your team to push to this pack and get your teammate a weapon or something i think there's going to be so much strategy that goes into this it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see i'm i'm just so excited to see what is the plenty of crafting materials how Mm -hmm. much are you going to have will you be in a situation where each round you're going to pick up two 
one, two charges of your tactical, and then you're going to get two weapons. Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be like that, as you mentioned, where you might not even go for a weapon and yeah. just say, I'm going to go for that care package and hope that my two teammates can cover me mm-hmm. with abilities or otherwise. It's going to be really, really cool to see. And then we also had some, maybe the most confusing part of this was we had two different images kind of surface, one of which showcased using blue armor, the other purple. And so we're so fascinated by what's the armor situation going to be in arenas. Will you have to buy it? Will armor you know, increase and progress through the rounds? Will it be random each round? Could round three be purple and then round you know five be blue? It, it could be so interesting. Another just mechanic I'm so excited to get my hands on myself and break down. Yeah, it seems really, really interesting as to what it might be. It could very well be Evo-based where, mm-hmm. well, you're it not encouraged to just kind of play outside and wait till it to shrink you're encouraged to do damage to level up your evo because you do keep it so Mm -hmm. it could be really interesting and maybe if you get a limb do you get reset to blue or otherwise i'm really curious about that element of arenas because it'll dictate everything pace of play oh yeah time to kill it's major so i'm really curious to see exactly how that shakes out Let's talk about the new maps that were added now for arenas because we got two maps that were made specifically just for arenas. First of which, Party Crashers, which is just hilarious because Mirage Voyage, his ship, has crashed into a downtown plaza. I said it like he wasn't involved, but he crashed the ship into the plaza downtown and that's making up the essence of the map. Mirage, Mirage, I just can't believe it. Like, we were so waiting for Mirage Voyage to make a return to World's Edge. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen now. Nope. Um, but really cool to see it. I'm curious, will it have its old disco balls and mm-hmm. all this excitement? Likely not, because it's been crashed, but <laughs> it's a big loss to the Apex community. Um, this map, I think, could be kind of the sleeper amongst <laughs> the, them. It's urban combat, so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Darker lighting, and I think with having the high-rises, there's a lot of verticality and having high ground positions. Mm-hmm. So I think this one could be a little bit more stealth, a little more strategy, um, a little bit more based around positioning uh, than just kind of a straight 3v3 in the open. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see in these maps kind of what's playable, you know? How are you, are you going to be able to get somewhere with a Pathfinder zip that you couldn't get anywhere else? And then is that going to be playable? Same with kind of Valk and Horizons ability, because that will incentivize you to maybe push for those abilities in the buy system. So I think there's a lot of questions around the maps, kind of what's in bounds area and how it dictates things. Cause sometimes these tactical shooters tend to be on the flatter side of things. So it's going to be real fascinating to see uh, what comes out of this. The second new map is Phase Runner. And this one's really, really cool because there's a prototype Phase Runner that's powered by Titan batteries from Titanfall mm-hmm. on the planet of Talos, which is World's Edge. So cool. So we got a lot of cool elements that we're familiar with here. And the greatest element of this map is that it's going to have clear skies. Blue skies, looking good, looking pretty. And then it has a functional phase runner, which in the trailer looked really cool. I already, I loved Ash explaining it in the lore, like the prototype phase runner has been on Talos this entire time. That's right. It's a, it's really cool. It looks like essentially the map is very circle 
yeah. shape. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because it very much gives you that vibe of this is an arena. Mm-hmm. You can see the other team when they spawn, essentially. It's very open. Um, but having the phase runner there as being kind of a direct route into the enemy spawn, mm-hmm. really, really cool. I'm excited to see how it plays um, and kind of how the pacing goes with it. But pretty much the polar opposite of party crashers. Yeah. Instead of urban, it is very much greenery with patches of snow and clear skies. Yeah. Bright and dark. Totally. Uh, and then also we're going to have additional BR maps that are going to be rotated in one at a time every other week. One coming from each map. So we have artillery coming from King's Canyon and then Golden Gardens coming from Olympus Gardens. And then we have Thermal Station coming from World's Edge. Those maps are going to rotate in. Well, whatever those maps are going to rotate in every 15 minutes, essentially. And it's going to be so cool that they've started doing this what is the future when are we getting skull town is kind of what everybody's talking about and such gonna be so cool to actually kind of break it down and see essentially what is now the future will they start making unique maps for the arenas mode and then that'll take over or are we always gonna have this rotating map from the br and the game yeah and how many will there be Mm -hmm. in the final uh, iteration as this mode progresses it's going to be interesting. I'm curious about this 15-minute map rotation and that you won't necessarily get into a huge, you know, uh, vibe or pattern, mm-hmm. trajectory, using the same map again and again, and then having the two new maps used all the time and then bringing in that third BR map um, changing every other week gives you kind of a long time on that third map mm-hmm. to really, really feel it. Um, I definitely need the practice in gardens, so <laughs> I guess you could say I'm looking forward to it. But uh, this definitely paves the way for some massive growth opportunity for arenas. Yeah, no doubt. And then kind of one of the last game mechanics for us to talk about. At the start of each round, you're going to see where that final ring is shrinking. Going to be interesting how that plays into the game mechanics. It's just crazy. I mean, I'm beyond excited. You know, taking out third parties, taking out the BR, the Mm -hmm. looting mechanics, the game is going to be much, much different. But... You're going into each round with so much intel. You know where the ring's going to shrink. Pretty much have survey beacon. You are going to have a care package to play around. Sur- or supply bins. You're going to have the crafting materials. Mm-hmm. It's like you have so much to go for in such a fast-paced game that I think that it's going to be competitive. Oh, yeah. It's going to be competitive, and it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Praying for no crazy bugs to come in, and if they are, they're fixed quickly. Uh, this is going to be really fun. We are hyped to play it. We're hyped to play it on stream at the start. But let's talk now about the future and the progression. That kind of, I think there's a lot of basic questions essentially that still need to be answered, kind of about Al Pasta. Yeah. Will arenas take over necessarily? Will mm-hmm. it be included in the game in terms of XP? Will it be separate? And the answer is that the Battle Pass challenges will be available in both modes, BR and arenas. Um, but there will also be specific challenges um, that are to either mode. Um, what's really cool is now you'll be able to re-roll one challenge for free every single day. So if you have a challenge on Wraith and you never play Wraith, you can re-roll it for free. Otherwise, any additional re-roll will still cost Legend Tokens as it always mm-hmm. does. Additional features to come to Arenas in the future, if all goes well, is most notably Ranked, mm-hmm. um, which I think is quickly appearing on the horizon uh, just because I think this this new mode is just going to be a game changer. It brings a ranked vibe. 
It truly, truly does. Uh, but I also think, like we mentioned, there is likely going to be additional maps from the POIs of the three different Apex BR maps. Mm-hmm. There's so much content they to pull from. They could pull from anything. It's going to be wild. Yeah. There's like 60 maps yeah. that they could pull from. They have. There's no shortage right now, to say the least. So excited to see how this playlist uh, does health-wise, if it brings in new players. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic time learning this mode, no doubt about it. That wraps up our talk about arenas. Now, uh, to answer some five-star questions. First of which, coming from Aaron Scott. Love the podcast, love the info and tips I get from listening. Devs recently said if a care package weapon is going to return to the ground, the Peacekeeper would be the first one. How do you guys think it'll affect the current weapon pool of ground loot? We have that like officially, unconfessionally confirmed. Triple take to the care pack, peacekeeper to the ground. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, you really need to get the full patch notes, which you likely are already reading by now. But mm-hmm. essentially, this season's going to be crazy in terms of weapon pool, weapon meta. We're looking at a marksman, new class of weapons. We're looking at a changed care package, as you mentioned, and then all sorts of changes to the shotgun class. Yeah. Where we're getting kind of additions on both sides of short range and long range. It's going to be interesting to see if one is weighted a little heavier um, or if one kind of reigns supreme. But overall, classes are being elevated, and mm-hmm. that's something to take note of for sure. PK's beloved. PK's going to work its way into the meta. If it stays there, I think will be the question. I think it's just going to be initially thrusted back in there as a go-to shotgun because that's what it's been for the longest time. We'll see by the numbers what they do to kind of shift it yeah we'll definitely talk more about it once we change see like if they are changing anything but i think shay and i can say we were shocked when it got packed in season five Mm -hmm. we didn't feel like anybody was outraged that it needed to be put in there and it was crazy just because it's the most favorited gun Mm -hmm. ever in Mm -hmm. apex why would they take it out it's going to be interesting to see when it comes back will it come back strong will it come back weak and will they be able to keep it in the game Uh, after it making its first exit next question coming from ebag hey guys really enjoy your podcast and how you to break everything down i recently saw a post on reddit about if you ads and shoot one bullet keep firing and let go of your ads you get almost perfect accuracy while having no loss to ads movement speed and i was curious if you guys have used that or have ever heard of it i've also been playing since day one and never knew each gun had different reticle which is important for that tip. Thanks and keep up the good work. Yeah, I actually have, uh, I've seen that video and I know what you're talking about. I haven't done it myself to actually see if it works or tried to, you know, just use it in game. Have you ever experimented with it, Henry? This whole idea of kind of spamming your ADS is really interesting. Um, I haven't necessarily used it in terms of strafing. Mm -hmm. I think that crouch spamming is likely more important and staying ADS. Um, but yeah, this is certainly a thing that I have picked up on. It's not a huge tool in my belt in terms of, you know, having those intense, uh, up close fights. Um, but ADS movement speed is a really big metric that is often overlooked. We try to highlight it as much as possible. Um, but yeah, this is, this is definitely a thing. Last question coming from Jiva. I was wondering if you think that the rise in Apex popularity this season has anything to do with the fact a large amount of VTubers started to play the game a ton since the popularity of VTubers has also exploded. And if you have watched any 
apex like Minyata, Aqua, or Ostel? Great question, Jeeva. Shay and I are not really plugged in to the whole virtual YouTube scene in terms of these content creators. It's a really interesting phenomenon. I'm surprised that it's kind of reached us over in the Western area. Um, perhaps, yeah, I mean, it could. I think that it's a really interesting space to definitely keep an eye on. Um, could be a major future segment of content creators. I don't think you're going to see a animated Henry or Shay anytime <laughs> soon, but uh, if it's good for Apex, sure, they can come in. I definitely need to look this up. I'm I'm very unfamiliar with this. I'm so excited now to kind of like see what's going on here. Uh, but that's going to wrap up our episode, though. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch, Third Party Pod. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>